Welcome to the Sharp Waiver Wire and Injury Show for Sharp Football. I am your host, Todd Burrows, and you can find me on Twitter at BestBallNFL. Joining me to sum up week four and to help you to prepare for week five are Curtis Hirsch, our waiver expert, and Tucker Bagley, who handles injuries for Sharp Football Analysis. Guys, another week is behind us. Uh, We're basically a quarter of the way through the season. And what's your big takeaway this week, Curtis? Uh, First, my big takeaway is I want to congratulate Tucker on the Phillies making the playoffs. I know that's a big thing for him, so congrats. Uh, I don't think I'd be here if they didn't. I I (laughs) think that might have happened. Secondly, I just wanted to comment on how the bad defenses are making fantasy so much fun this year. The Lions are first overall in PPR points scored and allowed, and the Seahawks are outperforming their projections because their defense has given up the third most PPR points. So the Lions, are they playing optimally to win with that defense? I don't think so, but everyone looks the other way because it's super fun. And just how the defenses are allowing the offenses to score because they can't stop anyone. Tucker, your takeaway. Yeah, I mean, my takeaway, especially after this week, is just how banged up everybody is through only only three weeks of the season. I mean, you look at the number of top flight running backs who were carrying questionable and doubtful designations heading into this week. Alvin Kamara's already missed a couple games. I mean, it's really interesting because this is a year where I think running back production's been down as a whole, and now some of the guys that you know we've grown accustomed to, to being able to count on guys who were drafted in, in the first and second rounds, not only are they not performing up to par, but they might not even be on the field. I mean, Javante Williams, Cordero Patterson, both on the IR. It's really fascinating to see, even though offense is up and people are scoring, running backs aren't necessarily contributing to that. My big takeaway from this week is that this is the first week of the year where we've actually had injuries where we want to possibly get guys on waivers. And so it's kind of a looking back, but also a looking forward. And I want it to be kind of the theme for the show. And I'm going to throw this to you, uh, um, Curtis, is that money tends to burn holes in people's pocket. And there wasn't a ton to spend compared to most years on the preseason waiver run. And then we've had three or four pretty barren weeks. Now there are guys out there. Do you think people are going to be overspending for second quality players because they have the money to spend? And it's the first time this year where they're really going to get a chance to spend it. Yeah, absolutely. I think, like you said, people don't love seeing money in their pocket Uh, this day and age. You want to spend it. So I think there is going to be overbidding on a couple of the high priority running backs that are available that could potentially walk into bigger roles moving forward. So it's going to be tough to get them, but they are going to be very highly coveted because there hasn't been this type of player on the wire yet this year, unless it was someone who has dropped. And running back is the hardest position to find people on the wire every year. So um, that's going to be kind of the theme of the show. And we'll start with quarterback like we normally do. Uh, This week, Tucker, um, we saw just a horrible, horrible injury to Tua Tungavaloa. Um, There were also an injury to Daniel Jones that doesn't seem long-term. 
And in a non-injury news, it looks like uh, picket season might be starting in Pittsburgh. Um, your thoughts on the injuries? How long Tua do you think is going to be out with this? And um, any thoughts on Kenny Pickett? Yeah, I mean, considering just the the criticism, and rightfully so, that the Miami Dolphins have gotten over their handling of, of Tua Tagovailoa's injury last week and then coming into Thursday, I think they're going to be extremely cautious with him. They've already ruled him out for, for week five. So I, I obviously he's out this week. I imagine, depending how slow they take it, he that won't be the only game he misses. He probably will miss game or week six as well. So I would expect him to be out a little longer than, than a normal concussion would take just because of the situation and the circumstances around that. You're right. Daniel Jones, I think, will be back, which is – um, good for Giants. It, it's I kind of enjoyed watching Saquon Barkley from the Wildcat at the end of that game. And with Tyrod Taylor in concussion protocol, they'll probably end up having to call up a, a kid from their practice squad to be backup quarterback uh, on Sunday. But yeah, I mean, Kenny Pickett right now, I think he's best for the Pittsburgh offense. And as someone who believes highly in, in George Pickens, Kenny Pickett, I think, can you know add a little juice to that offense that's just completely been lifeless so far this season. Yeah, I was really surprised they didn't start him because, to me, he outplayed Mitchell Trubisky in preseason. And Mike Tomlin normally isn't the type of guy to not be aggressive. Um, The big takeaway I had from the Kenny Pickett was you mentioned George Pickens, but also Pat Fryermuth. And I know we're the waiver and injury show, but if you're in a league where you can trade, I would definitely – be looking to pick up Pat Fryermuth, who already had good stats, and Kenny Pickett looked to him. Who do you like for pickups this week at the quarterback position? Yeah, uh, obviously it's very difficult for Pickett to get his first start against Buffalo in Buffalo, so I don't think it's great planning on that part. I would have preferred him to get a start last week versus the Jets or next week, but it is what it is, so I'm going to be fading him this week for sure, and He's not real. That offense isn't really an offense that I'm targeting a lot anyway. So I'm going to stay away from him for fantasy purposes, but I am intrigued to see how he does that way. Uh, And for quarterback situation, I just recommend Geno Smith. He's been a top 10 quarterback after four weeks, and that's against the top 10 schedule of opponents, including the 49ers and the Broncos. Uh, And moving forward, he has a top five easiest passing D schedule. So their defense stinks, which is forcing them to pass a little more often. And I think he's fine to have as a second guy moving forward or in even in bye weeks next week, they got the Cardinals on deck. So got a bye week with one of the quarterbacks. You can pick him up this week and have them stashed. Yeah, I, I, I like it. Um, I think Gino, <clears throat> we all kind of think of him as negative, but um it's hard to argue with a 77% completion percentage and as much garbage as Pete Carroll takes uh, and often rightly so from uh, our community, the fact that he identified Gino and has put him in a position to be successful um, has been both good and a little bit frustrating for my penny shares of which I had many. And um, that's another subject, but um Tucker, is there any of the uh, quarterbacks that you like to pick up? 
And, you know, would you be willing to pick up Pickett and sit on him for a couple weeks? Yeah, I, I think I would because we, we talked a little bit about this last week. You know, quarterbacks just really thin this year. Um, Brady and Rodgers did kind of have bounce back weeks. Russell Wilson put up big numbers for the first time this year. But, yeah, quarterback's a position right now where even with you know, Mac Jones out and now you're down to, to Bailey Zappi, who I thought actually played pretty well on Sunday <laughs> afternoon, although I, I wouldn't necessarily earmark him for fantasy status just yet. Yeah, I think someone like Kenny Pickett with those weapons in, in Pittsburgh right now could could be an option, you know, at least as a long-term investment for someone who's needy at the quarterback position. Yeah, uh, Zappi is interesting because he played well. He looked good in the preseason. I saw one tweet that said, if you have a waiver report and you don't mention Zappi, you're not doing your job right. Curtis, your thoughts on that um, concept? Yeah, he's he's a guy on an offense that likes to run the ball, so I'm not really all that interested in the Patriots offense either. But he does. He's a game manager. Him and Bill Belichick could do good things together. So I think he might be a starter for them going forward, depending on Mac Jones. Yeah, that's fair. All right, let's move to the running back position. It is the key position of the week. We lost Javante Williams. We lost. Um, Cordell Patterson and DeAndre Swift was out the previous week. Tucker, give us the update on those three guys and anyone I may have missed. Yeah, I mean the the big injury is Javante Williams. As someone who invested a lot in Javante Williams in the offseason, it certainly is a disappointment. And you you kind of look at his knee injury. It's I, from the reports I'm reading, it's not just a torn ACL. It's closer to the injury that Gus Edwards suffered a, a year ago in training camp, which. If you look at Gus Edwards, who started the year on the pup list, although he, he is returning to practice this week and could be could be on the field Sunday. Not only is Javante Williams out this season, but if you earmark this and you add it to your calendar for next August, I'd be worried about his ability to start next season too. I mean, this is a, a recovery that you know takes twelve months and, and maybe longer, closer to fifteen. So I'd be worried about Javante Williams for for next season as well. That's for Gardero Patterson. That was a kind of a weird one. He got eight carries, and then after the game, they just said, yeah, he's getting surgery on his knee. He's going on the IR, but he, he should be back some point later in the season, so I, I wouldn't necessarily dump him just yet. If you have an IR spot, just stash him on there and, and wait for him to come back. And then the other big injury I thought was Jonathan Taylor, um, who, who's currently dealing with an ankle injury, and the fact is Indianapolis is playing on Thursday night this week, so just that time crunch might make it impossible for him to get up for that game. All right. So my question is on Cordell Patterson. Um, Obviously, Javante's gone for the season. And the first thing you read is that Cordell's going to have to miss four weeks because of the IR. But the type of injury that he has, what do you think is the most realistic time frame? Because that is going to really influence how much we're willing to spend for the backups on the Falcons, um, if it's just four weeks less, but if it's likely to be a six, seven, eight week injury more, your thoughts on that, Tucker? Yeah, I would certainly lean towards less. I mean, Arthur Smith told uh, reporters yesterday that he expects him back sooner rather than later. And that just could be coach speak. They do like to err on the side of optimism when it comes to these situations, but if that's the case and it is just four weeks and he's back in you know week nine or whatever, yeah, I'd be worried, especially because right now it kind of seems like the Falcons are going to go running back by committee. 
um, at, at least for the the short term here. So I don't know if there's necessarily that much value in, in adding someone like Tyler Algier or uh, Caleb Huntley. All right. It's your turn, Curtis. This is the big decision. Who are we picking up at the running back position and how much are we willing to spend on them in competitive leagues like the FFPC that I know you and I both play in where we've just haven't had the opportunity to get running backs. Um, What is your thoughts? Give us kind of a high range on each guy and a low range, meaning if you're desperate for a running back, how much are you willing to spend? And if you're just looking to, uh, you know, cover a a bye week or two in the next few weeks or, or try and get lucky, how much you'd be willing to spend. Sure. Let's break down the Broncos situation first, and then we'll go to the Falcons situation. So realistically, it's Lat Murray versus Mike Boone as Melvin Gordon is owned in probably all the leagues as of right now. So I think it's in the range of outcomes that any of those three guys could lead this team in fantasy points moving forward. And right now, Russ has targeted running backs on 28% of passes. And the running backs have accounted for 62% of offensive offensive touches. So I'm going to want exposure to all three of those guys. However, I get that. I don't know yet, but I'm going to want exposure to all three of those guys. I do believe it's Melvin's job to lose, but he's going to be on a super short leash. So Boone would be the next likely guy, but he also struggled with that catch at the end of the game that might've cost some people some money on some teasers. Bastard. And then they have Lat Murray, who isn't really sexy, but of all the players, he's going to be the most reliable. He can hold on to the ball. He can pass protect. So there is, he is in the range of outcomes of getting the lion's share of work at some point as well. So uh, I'll start with Mike Boone. And you, this is where you had mentioned it, the overspending at the front beginning. I, I think I put I'd spend up to 15%. I don't think that's going to win him. I think you're going to have to be bidding 25 to 30% on desperate teams. And and I don't know if that's going to win it either. Am I willing to spend that high for him, knowing Melvin's likely going to start? Probably not. So I'll probably be in the 20 to 30% range, but that that's a stretch for me and more than I want to spend, but I know it's available out there. And we're at some point we do have to spend on that on these players. Lat Murray, I think he could slide under the radar, and I'm I'm interested in picking him up for a little bit cheaper. Whether it, I don't even know what he might take to win. So I think people are going to overlook that signing, and I'm going to go get him for 50, 25 to 50. But I'm willing to spend more on being able to hold him because I know he's reliable. It's not going to be a great option. He's not explosive, but he's solid. What are your thoughts on that? Um. I remember last year, Baltimore picked up Lat Murray and a lot of people spent money on him. And the next week after they got to see him, they brought in Devonta Freeman and used Freeman more than Murray. Uh, You know, again, I'm a big believer in if you don't really need these guys, don't bid much, right? Because there might be a situation coming up in the next few weeks where there's a much more clear opportunity to get a real good running back backup. Um, and I'd rather be in position for that than take a second or third speculative option. That being said, I don't think it's going to hurt you to put 25 to 50, like you mentioned, on Lat Murray. I probably will go a little lower, um, you know, more yeah. in the 15 to 25 range. 
If I get him, great. If I don't, if I really need a running back, I mean, the guy that I am, um, you know, I'm more willing to look at the Atlanta situation because I think the Denver situation is going to be a committee and that Gordon is the head of that committee. Um, Where in Atlanta, you really don't know who is going to get the opportunity. And even though Cordell might be coming back, he is a guy who's 31 years old, who's coming off a knee injury. Um, There is an opportunity for someone in Atlanta who I think you can get for a lot less money and I think have equal upside to the Denver guys. Yeah. yeah. So that let's go there. I know where you're going with that. That's Damian Williams. He was in the opening game and played on nearly a hundred percent of the snaps till he was injured. The, the Falcons clearly had plans to play this guy. He didn't play much in the preseason. He was above Algier and Caleb Huntley at the beginning and he comes back in a week he's going to fly under the radar if you're looking for a guy to pick up for rb2 value damian williams is the guy uh, Algiers not going to be available in many leagues uh, i prefer him to huntley but huntley is a guy that i'm not super interested in because i think he takes the backseat role when williams comes back next week and people are talking about his goal line touches well what are what's to say those goal line touches are going to remain Algiers the bigger back anyway. Algiers being on for the passing down. So it's and they play the Buccaneers this week. Are they really going to run a touchdown in? I don't know. Huntley's so, a I, guy that I'm willing. Well, first of all, Damian Williams is a guy that I had um, on FFPC, which is a 20 round draft versus the underdog, which is 18. I had over 20% Damian Williams. I felt that he was way under the radar. He's a pass catching back as well as a between the tackles back. Um, at the, but saying that, I think Huntley is interesting because he's younger and he's got, he seemed to have fresh legs, right? Now, am I bidding a lot on him? Absolutely not. But for, you know, 20 bucks and below, I will probably put him into every team where I could use the running yeah. back. And if I get him and I lose that 20 bucks, well, you know what? I'm happy to cut him yeah, in a week or I two. I think you're winning him 0% of the time at 20 bucks. Yeah, and, and that's fine too. Um, but and but that'll lower um, other people's money. Anyway, right. um, let's move on to the wide receiver position. I think that um, we've covered, you know, I mean, you could make a speculative bid on a guy like Philip Lindsay or Deion Jackson. But I have no interest there. I think it'll be Naheem Hines and Taylor. If he's not back this week, will be next week. Do you agree? 100%. Uh, they got the Broncos, who have given up more rushing yards than typically, but it's not a great situation. And the winner is definitely Naheem Hines in that. You want the pass catching. He's, his routes are going to go through the roof with Taylor out. Uh, the winner is Hines and Pittman for sure. Wide receiver, a couple minor injuries uh, to, uh, we want to get Tucker to talk about. Bateman of the Ravens, Dotson on the Commanders, Burks on the Titans, Crowder on the Bills, and our, if a tree falls in the wilderness and no one hears it, does it matter injury, Kenny Galladay. Um, your thoughts on those injuries? I just had to throw in Galladay because I wanted to try and be funny. Yeah, I mean, he's a big name, and people recognize him. I'm sure he got drafted a lot because people knew who he was, and he was considered a wide receiver one, 
two years ago, three years ago, and he's just fallen off a cliff, and he's been non-existent in that that Giants offense anyway. But yeah, I mean, Dotson's dealing with a concussion right now. I I don't know how much longer, or you know, we won't know when he'll be back until later in the week because he's got to progress through a uh, protocol. Crowder's going to hit the IR with a broken leg, and that that Bills wide receiving core is getting really thin. Isaiah McKenzie is dealing with a concussion as well, I believe. So you kind of look at that, and it's Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis, and really that's about it. I mean, they, they don't really have anybody else healthy contributing on, on their roster right now. And then you mentioned Traylon Burks, the, the rookie. He got carted off with a leg injury, and then they yesterday announced that it was just turf toe, which long-term that that is better, but I, I would still expect him to probably miss two, if not three weeks. If they want to be cautious with them, they can toss them on the IR and, and have them miss four, but that's something that I think is going to extend um, beyond just the, the short term here. Yeah. Um, turf toe is one of those things that you don't think is that bad, uh, but any of these NFL players who uh, actually had it, um, it's one of the more painful injuries out there. Curtis, who are you looking at picking up at the wide receiver position this week? Yeah, a little bit different than our running back situation where these guys are just one week fill-in players by by all like likelihood. Uh, the one that might have a little more long-term value is Kyle Phillips in Tennessee. If uh, Burks does sit out for a bit longer, he could ramp back up if he's healthy. I'm not sure he ran two routes yesterday, was targeted on one of them. But if he's back to health, he did have a bunch of targets in week one and could be someone with some value moving forward. I think the Bills have some intriguing options as well, just because their whole, even Gabe Davis, who's playing, is playing on an injured foot. So Jake Kumaro, if he ever comes out of injury hiding, and then Khalil Shakir, he's going to man the slot. I think it would be hard for Isaiah McKenzie to get back and with Crowder out. I, I think he's worth a shot this week. They they throw the ball short a lot, so he could end up with a lot of targets this week. So those are the two main ones following the Bateman injury, and you could put in uh, Demarcus Robinson if that lasts, and then Marquez Callaway in New Orleans if Michael Thomas misses some time. But just kind of one-week fill-in, guys. Kyle Phillips might have a little bit longer leash there. The one guy that I'm interested in here is Shakir. He showed a little bit of juice in uh, preseason. I don't think you're going to have to spend a ton of money to get him. I think he's one of those guys where you have a, an available drop. You know, put in 30 40 bucks, see if you mm-hmm. get him. Um, because it's such a good offense and because you don't know. Who, you know, now they're at the point where they're one more injury away from needing Shakir on a full-time basis. Mm-hmm. I, I I really like taking shots on guys like that on good offense. It's a high passing volume offense that's throwing it short. That's ideal for him. So it, he's, he's got some juice. Absolute I, perfect situation. All right, Tucker, what are we looking at a tight end as far as injuries? I don't think there was much. Yeah, I didn't really see any this week as far as tight ends concerned. Um, right now, I think you're just holding steady and unfortunately there there isn't anybody that that's jumping out and, and impressing to the point where you can drop your your you know high price start tight end so tight end right now is you know we mentioned it i think week one it just it feels like a wasteland there's just nothing there let's get tj hawkinson on sunday at which point congratulations 
Yeah. Um, well, real under the radar late round pick has been Tyler Higby, especially for FFPC, because he's getting he's not getting a ton of yards, but he's getting six, seven catches uh, uh, on different weeks. And he helped me win a league last night. Um, Curtis, um, anybody at the tight end position you're looking at this week? Yeah, Cam Brake. He was actually starting to run routes again with some regularity, and then he got his bell rung and looks like he's in the concussion protocol. So that was a guy that was kind of under the radar. I picked him up in a few leagues where I didn't want to play Dalton Schultz, where I drafted him. And Mo Cox is he's a guy that can score touchdowns, but his usage is also very all over the place. And then the Denver tight ends. I'm going to be keeping an eye on that situation as Albert O ran one route yesterday. Uh, so whether it's Saubert or the rookie, I'm just going to be keeping an eye on that situation as well. At kicker and defense, um, the big injury was Miles Garrett for Cleveland, Tucker. Um, anything you want to talk about uh, that affects defense? Yeah, I mean, the, the Browns were missing both him and Jadavion Clowney on, on Sunday. Clowney's missed two games now with an ankle injury. I think they're both relatively short-term, as gruesome and as terrible as, you know, Miles Garrett Carr looked on, on Tuesday. Didn't really have any broken bones. He's dealing with a, a bicep and a shoulder injury. He was questionable heading into Sunday. I, I think he probably returns to practice in a limited capacity this week. Will probably be questionable again. Um, heading into Sunday, but I think the, the Browns, if you're you know banking on them and, and their pass rush, I think they're going to get both him and Clowney back relatively soon. Curtis, who are you looking to stream this week at kicker and defense? I'm just going to target playing the Giants or Bears offenses every week. This week, it's the Vikings at home with that home crowd and home field advantage. I'm going to start them. The Giants play the Packers. Packers are probably unavailable. Or if that isn't an option, I'm going to go with the Dolphins versus Zach Wilson. They have an aggressive defense, and turnovers are always in the range of outcomes with Zach Wilson. As for kickers, take the home or take the favorites in high total games. You've got Philly, New Orleans, and Minnesota all playing in domes this week. Awesome. All right, so let's move. uh, And real quickly, uh, Tucker, is there anyone who – we're looking to pick up early coming back from an injury this week. Yeah. I mean, Curtis mentioned it earlier. Damian Williams is someone that I, I think I would have a lot of interest in. He week one was supposed to be their every down back or Daryl Patterson was supposed to be a, a change up guy, a third down back, someone they could split out and kind of use the way he's been used the entirety of his career as, as somewhat of a gadget player. And then when Williams went down, they put him in and he was third in the league in rushing after week three. So uh, Damian Williams coming back, I, I think they, they have a lot of interest in using him. And he's someone that I think a lot of people dropped. So if you can pick him up now, he's going to be on the IR at least one more week. So you stash him on your bench. And then he's eligible to come back next week. And hopefully he can you know become a part of that that Falcons offense in a, in a big role. Curtis, you have two names that you want to throw out here? Yeah, Gus Edwards and the... Broncos tight end. I never know how to pronounce his name. Dulcich, Greg, I think. Greg Dulcich. Um, like I said earlier, I'm just, Alberto wasn't the guy, so someone has to be that guy, and he's the new flavor there. So let's see what this coaching staff thinks of him. All right. It's time for our must-add, must-drop segment. This week, we start with me, and then we go with Tucker, and we'll finish up with Curtis and get out of here. 
Uh, we've talked about him pretty much all show. It shouldn't be a surprise. Uh, Damian Williams is my number one choice. My must drop um, in big leagues like FFPC, I would drop him from the starting lineup. In smaller leagues, I would drop him completely. Allen Robinson, the guy can't get open. And that is the guy that I am going to drop, whether it's from my starting lineup or from my team. Tucker. Uh, I would add Corey Davis. Zach Wilson came back last week. Corey Davis had, had a big game. And if you look last year, he only played nine games, was second on the Jets in receiving and fourth in targets. Zach Wilson likes throwing to him a lot. And I could see him kind of picking up his usage. Um, the guy I would drop, or guys I would drop, really, is just any wide receiver in Carolina right now. Baker Mayfield in that passing offense is a disaster. DJ Moore was a fantastic wide receiver with Cam Newton and Sam Darnold and Teddy Bridgewater but it seems like Baker Mayfield has even broken him. So anyone in Carolina right now, I just think is simply unplayable. Least surprised player for this is Odell Beckham. Curtis, take us out of here. Who are your must-add, must-drops? I'm going to go with under-the-radar Lat Murray just because he's reliable. He's old, but he's reliable, and then – I'm going to drop an old receiver who we've seen in the Allen Robinson case. The old receiver is just struggling to get open, and that's Marvin Jones. The offense in Jacksonville has been clicking, and he hasn't been a huge part of it. All right, that's going to do it for the Week 4 edition of the Waiver Wire Show, helping you to get through the injuries of Week 4 and to do your Week with 5 waivers For Todd Burrows, Tucker Bagley, and Curtis Hirsch, thank you very much. We'll see you next week.